Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Gemma. Oh, yes. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Ten Backwards, the UK-based Star Trek podcast where we talk about Star Trek, like I just said. Uh, I'm your host, Rick Everson, and I'm also joined by your other hosts uh, over the internet. With me today is Rick Palmer. Hi there. Gemma Turland. All right. And Will Turland. Greetings. Uh, and today we're going to do one of our ongoing sort of series of In Defence Of, where we pick a less popular Star Trek episode and just see if we can defend it, find some good things to say about it. We've set ourselves a bit of a challenge today and we've decided on Threshold, the Voyager episode from Series 2 where Tom Paris breaks the warp tent barrier. Um, I, I'm... I'm explaining this because i picked this episode to do this time so this is entirely on my on me yeah. uh yeah so well without further ado let's get into it threshold guys uh this episode we could say is nutty as balls mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely yeah. um it's really nutty isn't it and yeah. this, i don't know about you guys but but this is an episode that i have revisited a, a few times and i think in, in a lot of our in defense of episodes for example shades of gray i had not watched that yeah. word <laughs> since it was first <laughs> bbc2 and i and i didn't find a lot to enjoy in it, mm. in rewatch but i have revisited threshold a couple of times over the years because uh it, it is super nutty it's to, to to me, it it feels like it's sort of on par with Sub Rosa, maybe in its in its nuttiness, in that it's not necessarily a good episode, but there is there are definitely things about it to enjoy, uh, and it is not boring. That's what I will say about it. For me, it's a, it, it's it's in a list with like Aquiel and Sub Rosa, and like episodes that are very poorly regarded, but you just kind of like. There's got to be something in there. Mm. Where shade, shades of grey, no one thinks Crying. there's anything in there. Um, but you just have to keep revisiting. And I do this. I, do, I mean, Aquiel, I've watched over and over trying to find something. <laughs> <laughs> and in case we ever do it in defence of, I'm not going to say whether or not I have. But well, The fact that you keep looking kind of indicates that you haven't. Oh, no. <laughs> like a, like no. a noir detective like going over photographs. Stick. Yes. There must be a clue here somewhere. You've got a nutty wall. You've got a sub race and nut- yeah. Aquiel, I, sorry, nutty wall. I saw a ice. string. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> I, uh, I I went to see the Phantom Menace eleven times at the cinema, so I, and I I feel like that that might explain a lot about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, in fairness, I think I went with you. So. Yeah, yeah. I think you did. <laughs> uh, the cinema was cheaper in them days. It was, it was three quid student with a student card. It's you know, had a lot of free time. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, this, the, the weird thing about Threshold is that it feels like it's it's sort of several different ideas for an episode, and all of those ideas are a bit batshit crazy, and then they, yes. they've kind of just smashed them all together, and um, it's... But, yeah, uh, they smashed it, they've smashed them together, and lots of bits of the other idea of all the ideas have fallen off. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, so none of them quite make sense because half of them are missing. That's yeah. that's a good point. You're, yeah. you're sort of left with the middle bit of the of all of the ideas <laughs> yeah. that have been smashed together, and it yeah doesn't all quite hang together. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's like um, in um, Star in, in the episodes of Star Trek where, so for like v- Vija, um Voyager was 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 intercepted by some alien technology and Vija was created, or in 
in the changeling. Is it a changeling? With Nomad. An Earth probe collided with something else and created this and created Nomad. <laughs> it's, just, it's the opposite of that. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> It's like something, something a bit, some, nothing quite so um, um, perfect was created. It was something more of a mess, I would say. Is, is it the opposite though? Because ultimately, the, the resulting creation is going to come by and destroy us. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, what do we think of the? Of- what do we think of the basic premise of the episode? Which one? Okay, so <laughs> that's see. the thing. There's, there's more than one premise. Well, I, think. The, I, I would say, I would say yeah. the key, the key premise that that starts the episode off is is Tom Paris trying to get to right, warp ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk uh, about that first, shall we? So I, I love this because <laughs> I think the idea of warp ten and this infinite speed at the top of the warp scale Ooh. is really intriguing to me. Um, and years ago. I read this novel, this t- this next gen novel about a woman bent on vengeance against the Borg. Um, she got um, an, a better version of the planet killer from the Doomsday Machine, uh, which was par- in in the book's idea of canon um, intended to destroy the Borg. Uh, which kind of, yeah, that's actually fairly reasonable assumptions. Makes sense. By the end of it, she's cut this massive path of destruction through, and the Borg have tried to fighting her. Um, and then, sort of in a weakened, dying state, she attempts to go to the heart of Borg space and accelerates to it as fast as she can. And they have this marvelous concept of trying to get to warp ten, where mm-hmm. it's kind of like you can get infinitely closer to warp ten, but never achieve it. Mm. Uh, and so ultimately she's almost all in, in infinitely around us, you know, but she's not quite there. And for her, she'll always be traveling, but will she mm. ever get there? And it's kind of this, I thought there's so much you could explore That's with a concept it. like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, that, and, and I think, I think you... that's maybe sort of part of the problem with the episode in, in <laughs> that th- this is a really uh, sort of out there concept which which they don't fully explore because they have to get on to the next bit mm, of the episode. Yeah, and is... it's just an episode. Mm. And it's vaguely it's vaguely described as well because they mention mm. transwarp and coming out of subspace as well. So it's yeah. almost like it's an entirely different technology to a warp drive. Mm. But they call it warp ten, and I think that's a, one of the problems I have with that is that mm. is that it's it it feels like. It sh- they should have been. Well, why don't we try a different way of of getting through the of traveling the galaxy? Mm. Mm. Um, calling it warp ten just feels like it doesn't sort of fit mm-hmm. with with the established canon of warp. We're trying to break the maximum warp barrier. Nothing in the universe can go warp ten. It's a theoretical impossibility. In principle. If you were ever to reach warp 10, you'd be traveling at infinite velocity. Infinite velocity? Got it. So that, that means very fast. It means that you would occupy every point in the universe simultaneously. In theory, you could go any place in the wink of an eye. Time and distance would have no meaning. And yeah. tra- transwarp is something that, that I'm sure has been mentioned in other episodes, but it doesn't always seem to mean the same thing. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. our first transwarp thing is in Star Trek Three. The Excelsior mm. has a transwarp drive. We never see what that means. Mm. Um, and then, of course, in Next Gen, the Borg, we establish that the Borg have transwarp conduits, which mm. are very speedy shortcuts, but by no means anywhere near infinite speed. Yeah, um, but they do explain how the cube that the, we meet in the um, in Q Who could have entered Federation space by um, a year and a half later when they were sub- years from the nearest star base, I suppose. But even I don't know. It's yeah, it, but I mean. You know, we're watching a sci-fi show. We're not ex- necessarily expecting consistent logical stuff, I suppose. So, well, true, but yeah. you, but you can at least have sort of some some basic premises that you can adhere yeah. to. I don't. I I agree. I, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't. I don't hate this episode. I don't. I don't Ooh. have a problem. Have a problem with what it's about. I like that it was trying to do it. I just feel like 
he could have he could have at least just decided on what warp ten was and just stuck to that and yeah. rather than rather than it being kind of pretty vague about what they were even doing. Mm. I, I also feel that there was. How, how have we suddenly got this thing where we can get a shuttle up to warp ten? Mm. Where's this yeah. idea come from? Who's who's originated this? Well, they. You know, it, it does seem that they they. The three of them had this idea that they would give it a go, and so they gave it a go, and then they made it. <laughs> and then it just worked. And it just worked. Yeah. Like, haven't, haven't sort of the they, top scientists in, yeah. in the Federation sort of I must have worked on this idea? You could say that they are, they've got a, a, a concrete... Um, um, like a, motive. a reason, a motivation yeah, yeah, to do they it. Have, yeah. if, they can, if they can suddenly transport themselves in the blink of an eye back home then that would be that would be a game changer for them my problem is that they they've established that this is because they established that um you are once you reach this point you are everywhere at once yeah you exist yeah you've reached an infinite speed and therefore you exist at every every point. point in space at every presumably point in time yeah. At once, but at no point have they created a navigation system or any kind of cutoff that mm. you that and no way that and so yeah so he's going to do this flight but he has they've got no backup system he's got no cutoff okay that yeah. the, it will cut up at this point he just he just says oh well I, I heard you were looking for me so I stopped the engine and it yeah, because when when they actually do the flight, he sort of disappears off, and then he pops back again. Yeah, and I, I don't understand. But but wait a minute. But he ex- sure he existed at <clears throat> every point in space at the same time. And I d- what? But what? What does that mean? Yeah. And I don't think mm. in the episode they've really they decided really what that. that means. Yeah, because he did that wonderful bit where, he, um, oh, and I saw this, and I saw that, and then I was here, and I was also here at the same time. And then, mm. oh no, wait, oh, oh, forgotten. And then, and then, oh, it's and then all the, gone now. The doctor has a brilliant. <laughs> the doctor's like, well, I'm glad you had a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious, like. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. It was like... Well, no, it wasn't like anything. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Getting a bit ahead of ourselves in a way, but the, the one redeeming feature of this episode is the Doctor has some absolute zingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's loads in the concept you could nitpick at with that, like... If you occupy every point in the universe at the same time, what about the things that already occupy those points? Surely yeah. there's an element of kaboom yeah. here. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I'm not one for nitpicking these details. I'd, I'd rather imagine my own headcanon around it. So, is it is it matter or is it perception or is it yeah. spread so thin that you won't? Yeah. Does it mean that the shuttlecraft? comes apart and then comes back together again yeah. or are there are there well, infinite shuttlecrafts that exist it, in every or point is, the, and, is, it, is it the shuttlecraft or is it the sentient being within the shuttlecraft paris said he was looking at himself flying the shuttle mm-hmm. at one point mm. so yeah he, he kind of describes it like an outer body mm. experience i was staring at the velocity indicator It said warp 10. And then as I watched it, I suddenly realized that I was watching myself as well. I could see the outside of the shuttle. I I could see Voyager. I could see inside Voyager. I feel like maybe that is a sort of a realistic idea of what it might be like to to sort of go at at such such a speed that you're kind of outside of space-time and maybe that's how your brain might comprehend it um but it's just it i think one problem is it's 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 such a big idea and such a crazy concept but the episode just doesn't really seem like it's that interesting interested Mm. in exploring what that really means because it's It's so keen to get on to the the next part of the episode Yes. 
And it's too. Um, so too if we move, thing. yeah, we kind of end up dismissing it, going into, oh, hang on, now now Paris is having a weird reaction. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be fair, you know, we get into some quite fun body horror stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I know Will, you as a Cronenberg fan, are definitely going to be like thinking this is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and do you know, I, I was just reading on Memory Alpha actually that that because um, it was a uh, Brandon Brandon Braga mm. script, wasn't it? And I it, it said he does say that this was actually a bit of a homage to the to the Fly, um, which is which if if you've not seen the brilliant David Cronenberg movie The Fly. Uh, Jeff Goldblum slowly turns into a fly, uh, and it's brilliant. <laughs> and there, there is there are some very kind of direct parallels in in the mm-hmm. way that, that Paris sort of slowly starts degenerating. It's the bit where his tongue, mm-hmm. he's talking, and it, and his and his tongue falls out, or yeah. he pulls his own tongue out. And it's pretty horrific, for, yeah. like for Voyager. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, it's not like hugely gory but it's like it's a horrible and then idea he smiles, which yeah. just makes it she's quite happy about it don't they yeah um but i, I, I that would I, have been I, an I interesting like way stuff. to go because there is later on there is an uh, there's i mean we're jumping ahead but there's a point where he he escapes and they're trying to find him on the ship and they could have gone down a whole space horror um, mm. tangent yeah. but they never did that it verges on being some quite successful horror mm. at, at times, but it doesn't quite manage it because it's because it's all it a bit too silly. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't uh, it doesn't know. Yeah, it's it's all a bit wishy washy yeah. in its. Um... Yeah, there's um early on after they've done the test, Janeway goes to see Paris in his quarters, and mm. says, "Look." Um, the doctors notice this. You've got an enzyme imbalance in your brain, and mm. I don't know what that means. But the doctor's not happy, so I think <laughs> yeah. we should get Harry Harry Kim to do it because because he's, he's, he's expendable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, Harry Kim, fuck yeah. off. And, and, and then died Tom, five times already. And, and then Tom Paris is like, "Well, no, but I have to do it." Wow. He's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Then. And then yeah, Janeway's like, "Okay, yeah, okay, fine." And I. I Two percent, two percent chance of death. <laughs> Bit. <laughs> I want. Let me do it. Wow. He's like, okay. Two percent. I'll take that chance. There's no reason to. Ensign Kim is capable of piloting the shuttle for this mission. Yeah, he's capable. That's not the point. After that scene, I, I did find myself thinking, what was the point of that scene? Because basically Janeway came in and said, oh, I don't think you should do this because you've got this medical commanding condition. Officer. And then Paris said, I, but I want to do it. And then she was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so, well, what, yeah, so yeah. what was the point then? Why did we have to see that? Uh, yeah, what has that to, changed in the story? You know, I had to know he's motivation i would I, I would say if, if they linked know. if they linked his evolution process that happens yeah. later mm. with that that kind of that minor brain thing that the doctor had found mm-hmm. but yeah. actually and 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 I, I said the other day in the what in our whatsapp chat i was gonna and um, what's that chat i was gonna surprise you but what i really enjoyed watching this episode through again was the Tom Paris story. Mm. Uh, and, and you may know that historically, I am a guy who hates Tom Paris. <laughs> yeah. uh, Why has this l- changed l- your mind? <laughs> well, do you know, it did, because actually this this exposed to me that Tom Paris is actually a vul- quite vulnerable and mm. unsure of himself. He is a man who doesn't know, know his place. And this is his opportunity to make a place for himself, mm. to find a purpose or a thing that defines him, and I think mm. well, we well, you just criticised the scene with with him and Janeway. That to me is the most honest and open Tom Paris has ever been in mm. this series. That yeah. you know, I was always told I was going to be special. I was going to do this thing, and I've never been special. I've never done it. I fucked up as I've gone along, mm. and this is my chance. I want to undo that. I want to be the special person everyone thought I would be. Uh, and I, you know, I don't want this two percent 
chance to fuck things up. And I'm kind of like, as much as I hate to say it, I kind of really warmed to Tom in this episode. Mm. So... I, yeah, I mean, that was the the um, the point of that scene, mm. wasn't it, to show... Yeah. I, I have to say, I was a little distracted by when he said... Uh, my teachers, even the children, said, "Oh, Tom Paris, he's going to be amazing." Yeah, he's a bit. Up, he, I mean, he, he's, he's a bit, bit, <laughs> yeah. bit sure of himself. Yeah. What weird yeah. school did he go to? A kid's talk like that. <laughs> oh, Tom Paris will do something amazing when <laughs> we love you, Tom Paris. You're so amazing, Tom <laughs> Paris. <laughs> I, I, actually, kids at his school would have been like. Tom Paris, more like Bum Paris. <laughs> Bum Paris. Because kids are witty and shit. Bum, Bum Paris is pretty funny. I bet yeah. they would have called him Bum Paris. No, no, Bum, Bum Penis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would, have, they would have called him Bum Penis. <laughs> Yeah. I was probably having a moment where I'd come, you know, I'd, I'd overcome a hatred of a character. Like, just I feel like Rick, Rick's really undermined every everything about the point that Rick Emerson was trying to make by just with the words "bum Paris, bum penis." On the other hand, he has called Tom Paris "bum penis." So, you know. That's brilliant. <laughs> We're all that's going to stick now, isn't it? Because we, we always refer to Banana Torres as Banana Torres, and now and and I can't remember who. I think maybe you said that first, Rick Everson. Yeah. So, so really? Because I love Bellano. My whole point of hating Tom is that I think Bellano could have done a lot better. Banana, I think you mean. <laughs> I oh, think, dear. and then. I know, I know. This is a little bit mean, mean spirited, but I think that the thing that undermines, <laughs> that undermines those scenes to me is that the, is that, is that the the performances oh, don't yeah. quite sell the, the story to me. I, I, you know, I don't like to be to criticise the Trek actors because I think they have to deal with a lot. And and you know I I don't think the the script was particularly no. brilliant in this episode. I think even the the best actors might have struggled with it. But I I wasn't completely sold on on the performance of Tom Paris in this episode. There was one point that we had to rewind and watch it again because it was so awful. The bit where he's um, where when Janeway goes to talk to him and he's all um, he's all changed. Mm. And uh, he does that thing where he's talking very reasonably, and then yeah, I'm gonna get you. And he throws himself at the force field and goes oh, and falls over. Mm. And um, we had to watch that again because it was it, awful. We're doing everything we can to help you. I know you are, and I know you'll fail. <laughs> It was. It was just. It was unintentionally hilarious. hilarious. It was. Yeah. It was like a combination <laughs> of the performance and the sort of timing of the effects and how how silly the makeup looked yeah. and like just just mm. how how he ramped up to. He knew exactly what he was going to do because I'm now going to throw myself at you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and there was the yeah. <laughs> there was the point where. When she goes to see him, and you've got the conversation between her and the doctor, and the doctor's saying about how he's um, he's a little bit. You've got to be careful. You must be prepared because he's, he's he's a little, a little bit, bit unstable, and, and he has he's a bit deranged, and he has moments of lucidity. And she mm. walks in, and then it cuts to a um, picture of him just on this on the bed going, "Nah, like golem." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and he looks like that. It's like a basement golem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, but interestingly, the the actor who plays Paris, Robert Duncan McNeil, has said on this episode that he didn't know what was going on. There was so many different things; he had no mm. idea. But th- th- ultimately, the core thing that he got onto, and I'm, you know, I'm not quoting directly or anything; I'm just sort of paraphrasing what I've read on Memory Alpha, is about Paris's character in this mm. and his need to do something and what a vulnerable 
character he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of it, he's like, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Basically, <laughs> you can you can believe that because yeah. you know, mm. yeah. I mean, how how um, much time preparation? Because presumably they they would film these like a soap opera. They'd be in They're, there. I think they smash them out in, a, in a week. I think yeah. it's like a seven day. Filming. It's a seven-day filming turnaround. I think you maybe get a few days of prep and script reading before, but not a huge mm. amount. And imagine getting this script and having to prepare for this. Yeah. You'd be like, as an actor, you'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what the, f- <laughs> the hell is this? But, you know, but I do, I do, I do like the, the body horror stuff mm. in this. And I, I don't... <laughs> It is a, it is all a bit silly, but I actually don't mind the idea that you kind of you sort of breach warp ten, and it and it does something to the to the human body that mm, that no one could have predicted. Yeah, mm, that yeah. there's a consequence for kind of breaking the the laws of physics in a way. You're not supposed to go that fast, uh, yeah. and that's the that's the clear message. And yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that, and it's going to do something. What I'm less on board with is that it says, oh, what it's done is cause him to evolve. Mm. Yes, yeah. That's not okay. how evolution works. Yeah, yes, exactly. Evolution, evolution works from environmental factors. Yeah. <laughs> right, of which right. And what environmental factors caused him in yeah. the space of three days to spontaneously turn into a fucking salamander? Yeah. Not even actually a full-grown salamander, because those frills—they're they're baby salamander frills or axolotl frills. So they weren't even mature salamanders, <laughs> and they had babies. Yikes! In 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 defence of that, though, actually, something I I read on Memory Alpha is that there was meant to be more of an explanation around. Uh, this sort of whole evolution idea, and I, there was a concept that that maybe actually in, in the way evolution works is that it isn't always a step forward; it's kind of a step, uh, kind of sideways, mm. if, and it's more like a kind of a maybe a cycle. And it, in it, it, there was actually there there was some more complex ideas around sort of reinterpreting. The, the concept of evolution and kind of exploring how it maybe it's it works in a different way than we thought, but they didn't have time. They just they had to cut all that dialogue because there was so much going on in the episode. So what you ended up with is saying Paris has evolved and then he's a salamander. <laughs> <laughs> because that kind of suggests that evolution is a pre-programmed mm. path that human humans have. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm confused as to how that would work, <laughs> or who 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 programmed that path? Who who decided uh, well. to work us up through you know through through everything to this point, and then, and then over to salamanders? <laughs> it it is it is daft, but I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have, have heard the dialogue that that kind of explains mm. that again. Better. This like the warp ten thing. Here's, here's, here's an idea that you could play with if you explored it more. Yeah. So either this episode needed to be two, maybe three, epi- three episodes long, or it needed to be completely separate stories that explored yeah. these ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, lo- I love the idea that we've come to Threshold and said, this episode deserved to be a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine no, no one has ever suggested that before. <laughs> But that's the thing. There's some great concepts in here. There's some ideas. Yeah. But they're not served well. They're not fleshed out. They're not explored. Yeah. And this 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 is the thing. It, I think with the with with a lot of Star Trek, I mean, if I'm honest, if you had more time and gave it more effort and exploration, you would have some grade A stuff. But sometimes mm-hmm. you get a concept that you think sounds cool, and I'm gonna I'm gonna single out Brennan Braga as the writer because you know when you look at Genesis on TNG, mm. the whole de-evolving thing, and clearly the the, the the man's got a fixation on evolving and de-evolving. Yeah, or just body horror, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Nice. But let let's 
you know, it's ultimately, it's like, do it. It's do weirdly, it, it, it's, it's, it's busy and vague at the same time, and those things don't work well together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Actually, that's a good that's a good assessment. I think. Yeah, but I like. It. I mean, I I did enjoy this episode. I I think mm. like, like we've been discussing this. It does have. It does. It is interesting. Mm. There's, there's stuff in there that I would like to see more of, but yeah, it's just they didn't have enough time, and and it, it wasn't kind of depicted in the in the in a way that I think worked well for yeah for the story no i think i think you could have had a great three different and really good stories you could have had a really good character exploration of, of paris mm. and that he does something or he feels the drive to do something and you explore what what his character what makes him so cocky arrogant pilotician like everything that he is and there's a deep-seated vulnerability and you know self-esteem issues under that yeah. all that that would have been a brilliant yeah. episode you could explore the warp 10 concept and that you know if you really dug into it got into it you could make a great episode and then you could have the whole again the whole body horror evolution yeah thing mm. which which to be fair is is kind of rehashed from tng's genesis mm. but i really really like genesis and uh and the, the things that i actually like best about threshold are the the really nutty body horror mm. i mean it's it's hard it's hard to hate an episode where you get to see tom paris pull out his own tongue yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like come on that is not boring <laughs> no. you just ripped out his tongue but I, I'm going to watch this to the end. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll never call Threshold boring. <laughs> no, and and you know who who the, the first time that you watched Threshold, I bet at the beginning you weren't like, oh, I know how this one's going to end. Um, no, obviously, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> It's like it's like, oh, clear from the beginning. Paris and January are going to evolve into salamanders and then fuck each other. <laughs> going to have babies, and then Chicote is going to make the sensible decision to just abandon those babies, abandon them on the planet, and then just going. Well, that's obviously where this episode is going. I mean, who could have seen that coming? And they they give some they give some time over in this episode to the subplot of a traitor on the ship. Right, right, yes, yeah. yeah. And he's like, "You'll never believe the bullshit they're doing this week." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending you all current information on the warp ten shuttle flight. Warp ten. That's impossible. Not anymore. Lieutenant Paris crossed the threshold this morning. He survived. In a manner of speaking, it's all on file. I, but I thought I'd tell you anyway. It's, it's yeah. not. It's nuts. Don't try it. But even his case on contact, though, is a bit like. Well, that sounds like absolute bullshit nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but you know, that is a real blabbermouth. <laughs> I, 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 I really wanted to see a follow-up conversation where Lauren says, okay, you know what I told you about the Warp 10 thing? Don't try it because you turn them into salamanders and they have babies. It's like, the Kazan guy is going to be like, hey, oh. are you messing Mad. me around? I, what is this I a joke for? <laughs> is that... Although, on a serious note, we were discussing, is that, revis- is, is that relationship revisited later on in subsequent episodes? That the traitor, because that yes. story yeah, yeah, goes yeah. nowhere in that episode. Yeah, it just disappears. This is considered Voyager's great failed experiment, a, a continuation storyline, mm. um, because the Jonas traitor thing builds mm. up over time. Paris becomes more rebellious over time, and there's points where they basically they shoehorn the scene of Paris being a dick. Um, to, for this storyline, and it kind of ruins an episode that is unrelated to it in in, mm. in many ways. People, can, and ultimately, it comes up to that point where Paris suddenly says, "Right, I'm off. I'm going to join the Talaxian fleet," and gets taken by um, Seska. And Neelix is doing his little TV show, and he investigates it. He uncovers the traitor and everything. And it turns out this whole thing is like Paris, Janeway, and Tuvok plotted mm. for him to be a knob to Chakotay. To cover the fact, to, to make it look like legitimate that he'd suddenly decide to leave and expose this traitor. But yeah, it's a jarring scene out of context because, mm. and they chew on a lot of them, and they, they can't. 
generally considered they handle it badly, but I kind of feel like it was a good attempt. Mm, trying yeah. to do a... mm. is it. Is it all? Is that all sort of building up to the the, the finale, like basics part one and two? No, it literally yeah. builds up to the, the the Neelix TV show episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Hey, it was worth it. That's the payoff. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, if if they'd carried on an Elix's TV show, I'd I'd be happier. Really, I'd like to see more yeah. briefing with Elix. Uh, not, it's yeah. got to be, but it's it's just another because there's no payoff to that. Because I, I was watching that thinking mm. maybe I've misremembered that. Maybe there's a bit. So maybe the Kazon show up later on, and they try and steal. The, the warp 10 capable shuttle and that's like that's how maybe the shields go down and that's how paris escapes and maybe that's happening but no there's there's literally no payoff to that story mm. in this episode <clears throat> um, and something else is i noticed is that a lot like almost all star trek episodes the the techno babble i'm fine with but in this episode i'm like well that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so when they so there's a there's a bit where they're talking about how to get like how to fix Tom Paris, and then later on how to yeah. fix and he's and the doctor's like, well, what I need to do is like get them back and get rid of the the DNA that's not them, and then yeah. the rest of and then the rest of the just, DNA will fix them. I'm just like, take over, yeah. stick them in the warp core. Yeah, yeah, stick, yeah, <laughs> stick them in the warp core. <laughs> We destroy all of the new DNA in his body. His cells will have to use the original coding as a blueprint. But the only way to destroy the mutant DNA is with highly focused antiproton radiation. Antiprotons? The only place on this ship which generates antiprotons is the warp core. Exactly. And then, but, but that's, not how, that's not how DNA works. Like, it no, yeah. just fixes you. It's base. it's... Um, chemotherapy, isn't it? It's killing all of the bad cells. So the good cells will take over again, but yeah, it's not quite. How I mean, works. I suppose the problem is, I suppose. Although he's a doctor, we're not doctors. No, well, that's so, right. yeah. None um, of us have the medical expertise to question him, really. No, but I just think he, the doctor doesn't seem to understand how evolution works when he explains <laughs> yeah. it. So of course, so how is he going to understand how to, how to fix? Oh, the, pro- the problem. The problem is no. I. Uh, <laughs> Calling you my kids' names. The problem is, Will, <laughs> you were living yeah. in 2022, <laughs> and they are living in 2370 something. Mm. So, our understanding of evolution has clearly evolved <laughs> since mm. then. Yeah. So, nice. you know, nice. you're a caveman compared to them, I'm afraid. I'm no offense. Just you, Will. I'm, I'm convinced well, all by of that. Us. I, I've always suspected maybe I was. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to accept that. Yeah, <laughs> actually, the, the scene where they decide to stick him in the warp core is actually one of my favourite scenes of the episode where they're watching uh, remotely, the Doctor and Kess are watching. <laughs> I actually yeah. like it. And, mm. and then they have the whole, oh, no, it's breaking free. Ah! And they all, and then there's phaser beams. But I actually really like that. I think that's quite dramatic. Yeah, it is. It's good. And then the lights, the lights of the ship go. Because you forget, you forget that back then the doctor couldn't move, couldn't leave sick bay. So Mm. if you did something like that, he he could only watch over a Zoom call. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice. It's. It's what we were saying before. It, it comes close to being kind of an effective piece of horror, mm. and they, they just don't go far enough with yeah. that. It's sort of over a bit too quickly, and because he's loose on the ship, and they're trying to hunt yeah. him down. I was expecting him to have some kind of suddenly have some kind of cloaking technology because he's oh, kind of reptilian, is, isn't he? Yeah. So you think he'd be kind of yeah, um, oh, be like Tosk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then we find out that Jane Way's weakness is being pushed over. Yeah, he just shoves her, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> I mean, in fairness, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. He shoved me hard enough, I'll fall over. Especially if he's a fucking salamander. I got shoved by a salamander, I think I would go down. <laughs> yeah. A six-foot salamander, yeah. 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 probably would. Shock value, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that... 
Okay, so yeah, that ending. So so <laughs> yeah. uh Paris kidnaps Janeway, takes her off in the shuttle, and then So okay, this is this is another weird thing. This shuttle which can breach warp ten and therefore exists infinitely in every space in the universe, but there it ends up it, it's only three days away. <laughs> My voyage you find that it's this three days away on a on a planet. What? What? <laughs> but okay. It, but that in the universe. I mean, why is it even in the same galaxy? Uh, right. Yeah. Well, maybe that exactly. was they just it was closest, and uh, it was it was perfect. So why go well, further? To be fair, it would have spoiled the series if they if if Paris Janeway just vanished forever. <laughs> We're happy, happy little salamanders forever. Yeah. But yeah, so there yeah, they find Paris and Janeway in a in a pool, and not only that, not only have they become full salamanders, they've had babies, <laughs> and yeah, Chicote makes the it's it's all a little bit rushed at the end because basically <laughs> off screen they fix them and have turned them back into humans. Chicote's like first officer's log supplemental. We've transported the captain and Mr. Paris back to sickbay. As for their offspring, I've decided to leave them in their new habitat. What are you going to do with them, to be fair? <laughs> They're happy there. It's yeah, fine. I mean... Uh, I don't know. I kind of wonder if you, if you did the same treatment on them, would the DNA revert to humanoid and would they become little human uh, children? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. They, they didn't even consider... <laughs> doing that did they 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 Chicote immediately took the decision but to abandon those what's children the, what's the moral decision on, on that though because that's not how they were born and they're perfectly mm. attuned to their environment and would they be happier as, yeah. as human babies or just well, we, we don't know they're perfectly attuned for all we know they've only been there three days for well, all we know, yeah. four days traveling <laughs> around that planet is fucking like a load of mothra type guys <laughs> who, who love eating salamanders they're an alien species so more likely they're just going to decimate the planet yeah like that like that slug that um oh the, uh, the, the um hoshi, hoshi left, left on that planet yeah <laughs> Enterprise, yeah. See, this this would have been the perfect um, thing in Discovery if the Ten C species had been the salamander <laughs> grown from that planet. Yeah, <laughs> bloody Tom and Janeway's children. So. A, cu- a couple of th- a couple of things that I do like about in this episode that I th- there's a there's some good character interactions and in mm. particular right at the end there's a great bit where um you know that Janeway and Paris are sort of very <laughs> briefly dealing with the idea that they had sex when they were salamanders and, and made babies and Janeway has this, this hilarious bit where Janeway's like what makes you because because Paris is kind of apologizing to her and Janeway's mm. like what made you think that it was your idea yeah, yeah. Captain, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to say, except I don't remember very much about, uh, you know. What makes you think it was your idea? Sometimes it's the female of a species that initiates mating. Suggesting, you know, she's like, I'm the fucking captain. <laughs> if anyone's <laughs> going to have initiated sexual intercourse, it's going to have been me, mate. <laughs> yeah. Are you thinking that you you were thinking that because uh, you're a dude. Yeah. Well, I guess he, he but he did push her over. He did push he her. Did, over, he yeah. push her over. Yeah. So that was the maybe that's yeah. what he feels bad about. But yeah, I mean, she makes a good point. Yeah, and I, I just quite I quite liked that as a as a kind of an amusing character moment that Jamie was just like, "Did you think it was your idea, mate?" <laughs> mm. Um, and. Yeah, and as we said before, the the, the doctor get just gets a, a few oh. cracking one liners in this. There's a hilarious bit where, um, which which is like, which is just at, it's flat out comedy. It's like it's almost like a like a sort of a parody of a scene in Sick Bay where, um, Jane Janeway's you know, Paris is is laid out. He's unconscious in Sick Bay, and Janeway <laughs> says, "Can we?" The doctor saying, "Well, actually, he's he's not unconscious. He's he's basically just asleep." And Janeway saying, "Can we wake <laughs> him up?" 
And he says, I don't see why not. Wake up, Lieutenant! <laughs> and Paris is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's you know, really, it's really funny. Wake up, Lieutenant! Yeah. I just was uh, not expecting that. <laughs> Do you know what I really, I really enjoy the um, scene in the mess hall where they're trying to figure out this problem about the structural integrity. Mm. And I just really mm. enjoy it. It's a collaboration scene of these guys and everything. And I just think what we were saying before about how all of a sudden they've got this warp 10 method for, from no apparent reason, that would have been a great way to do that. Mm. Mm. It's a and lovely it, what scene. It, what a um, fun idea that it was Neelix that sort of inadvertently mm. kind of solved the problem, even though he didn't really understand <laughs> What they yes. were and they started off being all starfy, starfleet snooty with him. Oh, God. Oh, they yeah. were kind of dickish to him, if yeah. I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. Neelix, it would take too long to... What are you saying? I'm not smart enough? I'll have you know I did two years as an engineer's assistant aboard a Trebalian freighter. I'm well-versed in warp theory. Okay, okay, we'll tell you. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a nice scene, and I, I did enjoy it, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said about how good this episode is, really. <laughs> but yeah, when you put it all together, it's just like there's a lot of craziness. Yeah, there is. Uh, there is. But, you know, some of the, the Paris is kind of the bit where Paris uh, really surprisingly dies on the, on the operating mm. table and then... Um, okay, this isn't good. I, I I love that the doctor just the doctor and Kes just leave the body on the. They're like, oh, we'll come, we'll come back in the morning. They just left the body. It's like you put a sheet over it or anything. Like, like is that standard practice? That's what I was thinking. That's like you're leaving him overnight. Is that okay? <laughs> It's like at least lower the temperature in there, so it's not going to stink when they come back in. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that wasn't so great, um, but I, I quite like the surprise that Paris dies, and then and then the sort of quite effective moment of of horror when they when the doctor pulls back the sheet and he's actually not dead at all; he's still alive. And it's like what the hell? He's, like scra- he's scratching at his, his scr- You can hear that's a scratching sound. Yeah. Mm. That's such yeah. a good moment when he hears the noise and he he slowly walks around the sick bay trying to find it, and it's oh, that's. I mean, actually, it's a horror thing. That's brilliant. It's a really yeah. good moment. Um, and yeah, all the the stuff where his body is slowly de- degenerating and and changing, and uh, you know, there's some there's some cool horror ideas in there. I mean, yeah, to- totally ripped off from Cronenberg's The Fly. But if you if you're gonna rip something off, you know, why not why not rip off one of the one of the greatest horror movies ever made. And um, there's a, you know, as I said before, it's difficult to hate an episode where Tom Paris rips his own tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. There, there is also a weird moment where uh, Paris wants Kez to give him a kiss. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Doesn't he? Uh, like, and then no, he dies right. and then she, she kisses his oh. dead body. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's pretty icky. Um, but again, is, is, that... is it is it more icky than the fact that Kez has been dating Neelix? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's well, true. That's pretty, yeah, and she's like three or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's. Oh, I, I mean, I don't want to get into that whole thing. It's just weird. <laughs> and, no, I, I don't want to say it's kind of a a so bad it's good episode because mm, no, I think I don't think it reaches that point. But but I do enjoy it. Mm. I do enjoy it. And it is it is definitely not boring. And it's mm. not a good episode, but it's packed full of really nutty out there ideas. Mm. Um and, and of all of the in defense of episodes, this is probably the one I'm most likely to rewatch again. Uh uh, you know, in I, I don't want to say in the near future. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> That's too much of a compliment to actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's everything in it is good, but put all together, nothing gets a good shake of the. You know, nothing gets a good crack of the whip. Mm. 
I think. I think they put several great things in and diminished the whole. Whereas if they'd had those several great things given their own space to develop and flourish, it would have been much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. There, there were just some odd, odd choices made with the story. Like abducting Janeway and turning into salamanders. I, <laughs> I just, I don't get, I don't get what that really serves the story. Mm. Like you could have just had Tom Paris turning into a monster and being a monster on the ship and, mm. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think there's plenty in here which is interesting and kudos for giving it a go, but it just it just doesn't quite work. Mm. Like it's you know, and hindsight's a wonderful thing and you know, like you were saying, well we don't really know you know, you can't you can't understand that the pressures of turning around an episode in a limited amount of time and mm. and mm. what you what the decisions you have to make about scripts and what to go with and stuff like that. So you know, no criticism there, but 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 in the in the role of doing a podcast about this episode <laughs> and making those judgments, I would say just just a few just make make the concept of warp ten like a nickname for going faster than you're allowed to in warp. I I wasn't mm. a huge fan of warp ten being an actual thing because it seemed like they were doing trans doing transwarp anyway and coming out of subspace and that that sort of seems like a, a more like a like a, a different type of mm. of faster than light travel essentially it, it it felt like it was a they wanted to do something around the idea of breaking a barrier like mm. a speed yeah. you know like breaking a the sound barrier or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know that episode of enterprise where they're trying to break warp uh, is it warp five? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's that's the one with the Vulcan uh, lady that Topol is like hero worshipping. Yeah. Uh, that's mean? brilliant. The point where they breach warp five is so well done on that episode. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, if, if they'd done the warp 10 thing and had the Paris character storyline through that, that would have been great. Mm. Yeah. But... I'm, I know I say like, oh yeah, you could split these into three great stories or something, but actually, series two of Voyage is filled with some cracking stories. So I don't, you'd have to lose one of them. So I don't know if I'm willing to take that trade off yeah, to lose something don't, like Deadlock don't, or Innocence. Don't ditch or... Deadlock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I suppose ultimately, if we're going in defence of uh, Threshold, gets a lot of stick for being absolute bollocks crazy. Does mm. it deserve it? Is it terrible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I but I enjoy it anyway and I, I think I enjoy it more. It isn't offensive. Mm. Um, no. It no, it's not, it's not like that bloody dinner scene from that original no. series episode. No. It's in no. truth and beauty. Christ. It's not profit and lace. Um <laughs> oh, God. The things that have gone wrong with it from maybe from being too ambitious uh, and trying to cram too many batshit crazy ideas into one episode mm. rather yeah. than it being like completely ill-conceived or, um, you know, like, like an offensive idea <laughs> from the get-go. So I, I'm... You know, I, I'm a bit. I'm, I'm more forgiving of this one. I think of all of the in defence of uh, kind of episodes that we visited. This is probably my favourite. I think of of the of the Duff episodes we've looked at. I suppose, and and this is my my uh, my criticism. My main criticism of new new start newer Star Trek series since 2016 is that I think the big story arc things they do. I mean, there's a lot of stuff crammed in and not everything gets sufficient payoff. Mm. And I think actually Threshold is a fantastic example mm. of throwing great ideas in to, but not paying them off because you've only got 45 minutes. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think that's, that's I a think fair assessment. everything in that is a great idea that you could have explored in a great sci-fi way in a Star Trek episode. You've tried to put all of them into one, and it's just not worked, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, and fair play for having a go at doing such a bonkers story. You know, that's the main thing. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, say, I would say. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who says, let's not nitpick everything. Let's enjoy it for what it is. But there is a part of me that thinks, well, if you could achieve warp 10, why couldn't you just apply the technology and gone at warp 9.99999 and got home in three hours? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We kind of have to ignore that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot there's a lot of questions uh, like that I think that you, <laughs> you can raise about this episode. What what happened to Paris's tongue? Did he just grow a new one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his DNA yeah, came cool. back. They just restored. <laughs> it did, yeah. So there you go. DNA, his DNA did all DNA the work. means tongues. Yeah, but did he get a pizza? Yeah, well, yeah he really so. wanted a, he really wanted a pizza in that episode. Yeah. He really wanted a pizza and a kiss off Kez. <laughs> God, I'd love a pepperoni pizza with Kavarian olives right now. I'm starving. His life signs are critical. Maximum dosage. <sighs> kiss me. What? Not you. Her. Does it ever bother Balana that her hus- boyfriend, then husband once had sex with the captain and had babies. It seems to have been <laughs> utterly forgotten, which is strange yeah. for Star Trek because, uh, you know, they don't usually... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, do, they don't usually forget everything at the end of an episode and, <laughs> and completely move on. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, rewatching it for this, I've really found a new appreciation for Threshold in terms of the Tom Paris story. Hmm. And I think... Actually, interestingly, it's kind of given me a bit of a new perspective on Paris, a character I traditionally didn't have a lot of time for. Mm. So that's yeah. kind of quite... You've you got to give it points for that. If it's made me kind of reconsider Paris, there must be something about it. Wait, wait, wait yeah. boom, boom, penis. Boom, penis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did, um, Will, you did complain about the pat um sentiment at the end of the episode yes that did because there is a bit of the at the end of the episode where where paris is reflecting on everything that's happened and his sort of takeaway from that is is around how he he you know he, he broke walk 10 you know he achieved that goal but he didn't he didn't feel any different mm. it didn't sort of solve his problem, um, his sort of feeling of not achieving anything. And I just sort of felt that that was an interesting but was, idea, but why is that his take? He's literally he's, just turned into take, a salamander, yeah. fucked his captain, <laughs> had babies. And that's it, what he's, he's also, on. he's existed in every space in the universe. And like, that's the thing he's the, like, oh, I don't feel very it was the, No, but it was, the, it was the takeaway that actually I shouldn't worry about what other people think of me. I should <laughs> worry about what I think of myself yeah. and I should, yeah, and I should be more. It's like, where's like, it? How have you got to that conclusion from all the things that have happened in this episode? Why is particular part of this has, actually, has led to that realisation? Yeah, it was that the point where you... Lesson. Where the captain had your children, <laughs> your salamander children, is at the point where you existed in every point of the universe at once. But or... then it then forgot about it. <laughs> then afterwards. forgot, yeah. Like, thankfully. I think it was the point yeah. where he wanted a pizza and his tongue came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, oh, I want a pizza. Oh, God, how am I going to even taste it now? <laughs> Shit. Pe- people talk okay. about, um, you know, conspiracy is often talked about in terms of it being one of the most violent episodes of star trek because the dude's head explodes but i think it's i don't think it's talked about enough how on the screen paris rips out his own tongue with his with his fingers but to be fair it is kind of a jelly tongue it is kind <laughs> of a jelly tongue but it happens you know this is the thing i, I want to shut I want to show Isaac this episode. I want to show Isaac a lot of voice. But I know this body hammer thing will will not go well with him. He can't handle this sort of stuff. He's very sensitive to stuff like that. What's he he done to deserve? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's a little bit obsessed with it because he asked me about warp speed and how high it goes. So I said, well... If you go to the top, warp ten is you, you so fast. You're everywhere at once, and they did that one time in an episode. Mm. And he goes, "Oh, really? What happened then?" I says, "Well, they had to stop because it made <laughs> them turn into a salamander, and him and the captain turned into salamanders and had babies." It's like what Janeway? So it's like, yeah, Janeway from Hollow Janeway from Voyager. Well, 
real Janeway, but yeah, <laughs> from Prodigy. And it's like, oh. And he keeps asking me about it. So, so going going Warp 10 is like you're everywhere and become a salamander. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and what, did he think you were winding him up? <laughs> <laughs> no, bless him. No, oh, bless. He's so trusting. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I'm not winding him up. It's a genuine, no, you explain it to a child, and you're like, for fuck's sake. Um, and I, I can't. It's, I thought about sitting him down, watching this episode with him, and seeing if he had any crazy thoughts that I could contribute to this episode. And I thought I can't because he's he's actually a really sensitive little soul, mm. and if he sees this. The body horror element is going to it's going to terrify him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he, he came in when I was I had I was flicking through TV once, and I think Film Four had the 2009 Trek film, and he walked in, and basically he saw the moment where Vulcan collapses in on itself from the red yeah. matter black hole, and he asked what's going on. He, he was terrified, absolutely mm. terrified that a black hole was going to consume the Earth for weeks afterwards. Jeez. So, this is the thing. He he loves the idea of Star Trek and he wants to watch it. But I know so much of it would terrify the shit out of him. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, and actually, particularly this, this episode, there are, um, you know, if, mm. if you're watching it as a, as a child, and I, and I think sometimes when you're a child, you maybe don't have, you know, we watch this episode and we kind of see how silly some of the makeup looks and... Yeah, um, you know, it's the execution of some of those scenes that are meant to be kind of horror isn't isn't totally effective. I think as a kid, you don't necessarily always see that. You kind of just, if you get to grips with the concepts of, of what's going on, that's that's terrifying enough. Mm. Um, yeah, and it is fairly hard. The events of this episode are absolutely horrifying, really. I don't know if we defended it. I think I think we've made a good go. There's there's a lot of good stuff in it. Ultimately, we've said we've been quite positive. It's yeah. not terrible, I would say. No, no. That's, no. That's there's, <laughs> there's great stuff. It just doesn't all gel together. I think is the ultimate conclusion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not boring, and it is not a definitely film. not. And it, it's a fun watch. And there are definite sort of discussion points. To, to, mm. to come to after it and i uh I, I kind of have a soft spot for it actually yeah yeah i mean um, if you watch watch this episode and then and then watch the fly i would say <laughs> yeah 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 don't do it the other way around because that, that would be disappointing but, um, yeah but that'd be a great that'd be a great evening yeah but yeah let's um uh, let's let's leave it. Have you got any final thoughts I on Threshold? No. I, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you very much for listening, uh, mm. listeners. I hope you've enjoyed us talking about Threshold, and we'll be back in the future with more Star Trek talking. We certainly will. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Thank Cheers. you very much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.lowerdexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk. On a personal individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can 
go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lower decks radio uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through itunes stitcher google play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative thanks again for listening and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 backward crew let's make sure history never forgets the name 10 backward laddie don't you think you should rephrase that 10 backward 10 backward can you wake him i don't see why not Wake up, Lieutenant!